0: Although I can't give you the title quite yet, I'm reading a very encouraging book by a writer named Dane Ortland. and this book has given me much, much to realize about Jesus. So today I want to share with you some of the essential thought of the first several chapters and let us consider together how this truth impacts our lives. With, you know, there's all the uproar going on concerning battling this virus and social justice and people facing isolation and then the upcoming election. I hope that the message today will help us refocus on the heart of our Savior. Um, only you are God. So we know Jesus is the Messiah, and we know that the crowds came to hear him speak in ancient Israel. But Isaiah prophesied in chapter 53, verse 2 of his writings that the Messiah would have no beauty that we should desire him. So it wasn't Jesus' appearance that drew people to him. It wasn't his face or his flowing hair or his great physique. So it must have been something else that attracted people to him. What was it? Well, there are many possibilities. His teaching was unlike anyone else's. The signs and wonders he performed. His rebuke of the authorities. All of these things drove a real popularity among the people. But I think there's something more. I think it was his great character, how he lived his life and how love flowed forth from his heart to give aid to anyone and everyone who came to him with their need. Even today, the better we understand what Jesus was like, or should I say what Jesus is like the more we will follow him we the more we will enjoy him and love him and obey him what what can we learn of Jesus by looking at him so Matthew 9 36 says that Jesus saw that people were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd so he healed their diseases and he challenged their leaders and he at least twice he cared so much about their hunger that he called his disciple to feed them all. And he created enough food to feed thousands of people. Jesus met people's needs because Jesus is compassionate. Jesus is kind. He received children, Roman soldiers, lepers, the blind, the lame. He received Samaritan women. He received prostitutes to himself and kindness overflowed from his personality. There's has never been a kinder man than Jesus. Let those words weigh upon your heart. There's never been a kinder man than Jesus. There's never been a kinder person than Jesus. There's never been a man more selfless than him. Who is the kindest person you know? Jesus is much kinder than that person. He was focused. He came to earth on a mission, and the evidence shows that he never deviated from accomplishing its timing and its purpose. He came to fulfill every law. He came to complete all of the prophecies. He came to defeat the devil and die to save his bride for himself. And throughout his focused mission, he displayed the attitude of a servant. Mark 10 45 tells us he came not to be served, but to serve. He was submissive. Jesus came to do his father's will and to speak his father's words. He knew that to yield his perfectly lived life to death on the cross was the only way the father could, in perfect justice, forgive our sin and restore fellowship. But know that Jesus was submitted to his father, not to the enemy. As he prayed the night of Judas' betrayal, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Not only was he submissive to his heavenly father, he was submissive to his earthly parents, Mary and Joseph. And even though he grew up in a normal, that is sinful, household, Jesus was obedient to his parents. He was obedient to the father's will. And he learned obedience from what he suffered, Hebrews 5, 8 tells us. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Jesus showed mercy and forgiveness to others. The blind would cry out, Son of David, have mercy on me. And he did. On the cross he prayed, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing and Jesus was loving in all of his relationships. John 11, 5 says, Now now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. John, the Apostle John even referred to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. Jesus is good and caring. He healed people often so that they would see his wonders and believe his words. By performing all his miracles and showing true concern for the afflictions of those around him, he also proved to be the son of the living God. Even the Pharisees admitted that no one could do all these wonders if he had not come from God. Yet some did not believe. Do you believe? Jesus is honest and truthful. John proclaims that grace and truth are known through Jesus. He never lied. He never violated his word. He never needed to take back or repent of something that he had said. Could anyone else say that? He spoke truth everywhere he went. He lived a life that we should follow explicitly. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. And at the same time, he was peaceable. He did not try to bully. Or argue his way into people's hearts. Jesus is a God ordained priest to represent us before God and of the order of Melchizedek, the Prince of Peace, who is without beginning and without end, an indestructible priest who offered up as a sacrifice his own blood on our behalf. Jesus is intimate with his followers. He, invest, he invested his time in sharing his life with them, he taught them his ways. He enjoyed their fellowship, and he helped them see and experience truth. He commanded them to abide, not just with him, but in him. And he was intimate with his heavenly Father. He prayed to the Father, listened, obeyed, and cared about God's reputation. When Jesus saw money changers who were taking advantage of worshipers, he drove them out. He said, It is written, my house will be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. Luke nineteen forty six. Jesus is a strong yet meek leader. Everywhere he went, until the Pharisees inevitably caused the people to reject him. The people followed, eager to hear and hanging on every word of his teaching. The people were amazed at his authority, the authority which he taught them. And then Jesus ascended. To return to heaven, he received all authority in heaven and on earth to rule the universe. Jesus is happy, and he's filled with the holy joy that comes from finishing all the work the Father gave him to do, and then receiving all that the Father had promised to him, the glory that the Father bestows on those who obediently display the wisdom and the love of God. Jesus is patient. He knows and understands our failures and weaknesses. Several times in the Gospels, Jesus verbalized great patience in the face of his, of his disciples' faithless fear. Here, Matthew eight twenty six, And he said to them, Why are you afraid, O you of little faith? And then he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And Mark nine nineteen, And he answered them, O faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. Philippians 2, 3-8 through provides an amazing summary of what Jesus was like and how we are called to imitate him, which, let me add, is the best prescription for all of us to follow in our nation today. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, Now, in the Gospels, not everyone receives and believes these truths that I've mentioned about Jesus. They talk about him, and they question who he is, and they speculate what he is like. Some even say to his face that he has a demon. Others call him a liar, or judge him to be a sinner, or accuse him of being a child of a harlot, or even the child of the devil himself. So I ask you, what would have motivated Jesus to give himself to seek out and redeem others, both sinners and sufferers? And what is the posture of Jesus that comes most naturally to him? What was that fragrant aroma when detected by others suddenly let them know that Jesus was near? And what did Jesus say about his own heart? We need to know the answer not just what other people said about him, but how Jesus described himself. Why? Well, because sometimes we feel like our relationship with God is simply running on fumes. We wonder how Jesus could love us when we mess up so badly. Like that time we got really angry, or we lied about something, or we neglected something that we were to do, or we avoided something that we were to do. The list is endless. Or we're so tired of being isolated and we watch the news and we hear the reports and our hearts are filled with doubt or with pain or fear and we think God has left us. We need to know how Jesus feels about us right now. So I I ask you to prepare a place in your heart to give thanks and praise to God. For in Jesus' own words, he has revealed this very thing about himself simply so that we could know. So let's ask, what is the heart of Jesus? And then listen carefully to his answer. You know, it's good to know all of the truths of scripture and it's so beneficial to apply sound doctrine to all of our desires and in all of our decisions and in all of our actions. Knowing the what's and the how's of of what Jesus did, builds our faith and helps us walk with the Holy Spirit. Knowing God's word enables us to believe that God is not only able, but willing to help us. His word reveals that God is working all things together to bring about his plan and purpose. But even knowing all this, it is something more to grasp and see. Jesus Christ's heart for each one of you. You see, the gospel not only tells us what Jesus did for us, it shines a brilliant light on who he is so that we can truly know him. The Bible says in John 17, 3, And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So we learn that eternal life begins the moment we know Jesus in the way he wants us to know him. So I urge each one of you to give your life to pursue knowing Jesus. And that'll be a point of prayer, to give our lives to pursue knowing Jesus. Even as the world struggles to deal with the virus and redefines itself, it's seeming through social unrest and business shutdowns and starting the schools back up and police, all of the things about the police, let us pursue knowing Jesus and living for Him, for then we can trust that He will lead us through every issue of life, and He will cause us to grow in His peace, and in His joy, and in His righteousness. To personally know Jesus, beyond knowing all that He accomplished for us, lifts us up into His heart. There are 89 chapters in the four Gospels in the New Testament. All of them proclaiming and explaining some of the amazing things Jesus said and did for us. We hear of his travels, his prayers, his miracles, his teachings. We hear about his disciples. We hear about his accusers. We admire how he fulfilled the over 300 prophecies concerning the coming promised Messiah. We see how he lived a serve and to reach others. That, that he was unjustly arrested and crucified and that he overturned death itself when he rose from the dead, we witness him ascending to heaven to take his rightful place of complete power and authority. All of these revelations about Jesus help us understand and know him. But there is one place where Jesus himself speaks about his own heart. These are perhaps some of the most beautiful words ever spoken and written in human history. As the creator of all things, the Son of God and the Son of Man opens up to us his very heart. In Matthew 11:28 through 30, he says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Ask yourself this. In the one place in the Bible where Jesus splits the veil covering the essence of his identity and invites us to gaze deep within, what would you have expected him to say about his heart? Think about it. What would you have expected Jesus to say about his own heart? We aren't told that he is stern and demanding in heart, even though some of us may see God that way today. We are not told that he is exalted and dignified in heart, even though that sounds very reasonable of something that he could say. We are not even told that he is joyful and generous in heart, even so we're sure that that's true. But in his own words, not ours, he says, I am gentle and lowly in heart. What could this possibly mean? Some background. When the Bible speaks of the heart, it doesn't just refer just to the emotions, but to the central animating center of who we are and all that we do. Our heart is that core being which directs all of our wants and our desires. It is what other people want to know about us. For it is that aspect of a person which, when known, adds fresh intimacy and vitality to life. When you know the heart of someone, you know that person. So never try to be someone you're not. Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. The heart is the essence of life. It makes you who you are. It drives all you do. It is where God put the sacred substance of your identity. So when Jesus tells us what is most true of him about his heart, when he shares the truth that forms the rock foundation of his being, what do we find there? We find that Jesus is gentle and lowly of heart. Is this the Jesus you know? would you have ever thought up a savior like this would it ever occur to you to write about a savior who when he identifies his heart says that he is gentle and lowly in heart would it ever occur to any person in human history to write a book that this is its claim about what jesus said if it were not true But instead of just thinking about these words intellectually, which is a good first step and a necessary step, I urge us to make it a lifelong goal, and I'm speaking to every one of us, make it your lifelong goal to experience both spiritually and emotionally the heart of Jesus. May we be continually aware of what his real attitude is towards us. Let us be ceaselessly amazed at his mercy and gracious provision of all that we truly need. And let us be constantly filled with his hope and his joy and his purpose, all while delighting to behold his glory and to reflect that glory to everyone with whom we have contact. Now tell me, what does it mean that Jesus is gentle and lowly in heart? Gentle, the word in Greek, Prouse means not harsh, not trigger happy, trigger happy, you know, to anger. No, he's not that. He's not easily upset. With Jesus, anger is not his go-to emotion. I know some people that anger is their go-to emotion. I used to be that person. The, The word is only used four times in the New Testament. Here they are. That time, I am gentle and lonely heart. And then Matthew 5, 5, Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. It's translated as meek. Remember, biblical meekness is not weakness, but rather refers to exercising strength under control, demonstrating power without undue harshness. And then in Matthew 21, verse 5, which is quoting Zechariah 9, 9, The Messiah King comes to you humble and mounted on a donkey. The word translated as gentle comes across as humble in this verse. And 1 Peter 4, 3, this is an encouragement to wives to nurture the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. Peter is calling wives and women to have this gentle spirit that Jesus Christ had. Gentle, meek, humble. Not only is Jesus the most powerful He is also the most understanding person in the world, whose most natural posture towards those who believe in him is arms open wide, not a finger aimed and pointed in judgment. And the word lowly overlaps a lot with gentle and is frequently translated as humble in the New Testament. For instance, in James 4, 6, God is opposed to the proud but gives grace to the humble. But humility in the New Testament refers not so much to a virtue as it does being to being thrust downward by life's circumstances. From being destitute or sickly or oppressed, through no fault of your own, but to be humbled by life's situations. For example, Romans 12:16 says, Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly referring to socially unimpressive people or people on the fringe, people that have no attraction of their own. The idea here is that someone who is lowly is accessible. So even if you consider the mighty power of Jesus, his resplendent glory, his perfect holiness, he is also the most approachable person in all human history. Anyone anywhere, any anytime can come to him. No hoops to jump through, no forms to fill out, no courses to take. Simply open yourself up to him and he will open himself up to you. Amazing. Absolutely amazing that the creator of the universe describes his heart as gentle and lowly. Tell me, could realizing and embracing this truth about the heart of Jesus change your relationship with him? If you're running on fumes, could it change your relationship with him to know that this is Jesus' heart, a bruised wick he will not put out? Do you see? Do you think seeing the light of this reality helps you appreciate the depth of relationship Jesus wants with you? And could understanding Jesus' heart in this way change your relationship with others? Perhaps your wife or your husband or your children or your parents or your sp- or your boss, your neighbors, or people at the grocery store? And who qualifies for a relationship like this with Jesus? The verse says, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. These are the people Jesus calls to himself, those who labor and are heavy laden. This means you don't have to get rid of your burdens before you come to Jesus. The fact is that you realize that you are burdened is what qualifies you to come to him. No payment is required for he gives you rest. So whether you are exhausted from working all the angles to make yourself better or perfect, or you're so weighed down by the day's cares and yesterday's troubles and tomorrow's fears, Jesus says, come and take his yoke and find rest for your soul. That is rest for your heart. Come and walk with him in his ways. So if you were ever asked by someone, who is this Jesus? You would honor the Lord by explaining this. Jesus is gentle and lowly in heart, and he gives rest to all who come to him and take up his yoke. Friends, don't you want to know Jesus in this way? final word. There is much, much to meditate on this passage, more than one sermon's worth for sure. Jesus says that he is gentle and lowly in heart to all those who come and take his yoke and learn from him. These are people who realize their desperate state and cry out to him for help. They are ready to humble themselves before the Lord. But for those who refuse to acknowledge their sin, who reject him and his yoke and forsake learning his ways, Jesus can become quite forceful. Listen to the warning he had just given in eight verses earlier in Matthew 11. Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes." But I tell you that it will be more tolerable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom than for you. Remember this, church. Gentle and lowly does not mean mushy and trivial. Indeed, just before revealing his heart of gentleness in Matthew 28, Jesus speaks these words in in verses 25 through 27. Here we have the kindest man who ever lived who just before revealing that his heart is gentle and lowly towards all who comes to him, warns those whose hearts are hard. He thanks God the Father that his wisdom has been hidden from those who trust in themselves. Now think about the world today. Jesus thanks God the Father that the Father's wisdom has been hidden from those who trust in themselves. And he thanks God the Father, that no one knows the Father except those that the Son reveals. He speaks of the day of judgment, implying that he is a sovereign judge of all righteousness and truth. Church, how can impotence also be gentle and lowly in heart? Because Jesus is God in the flesh. His gentleness grips us. And there's this verse that David, King David says in Psalm 1835, and it takes a lot of meditation on. He speaks this, having just been rescued from Paul's pursuit. You have given me the shield of your salvation, and your right hand supported me, and your gentleness made me great. The gentleness of Jesus to reach down into the miry clay and to lift us up makes us great for the day to come when we receive glorified bodies and we we enter that heavenly place made for us. And until that time, we hold on to Jesus Christ and we live for him and we live in his ways and gentleness becomes part of who we are and becomes our go-to emotion. When emotion is stirred within us, let it be gentleness that comes forth. Now, here is a blessed thought. The second person of the Trinity, who possesses unlimited power, expresses inexhaustible gentleness to sinners who come to him in faith. He lifts us up out of our emptiness into his glory. Nowhere else will we ever meet anyone like him. Let us fix our eyes on him. Let us meditate on him so that we can enter life with him. And then when we remember that time and time again, we have rejected and ignored him and his ways, that we have dishonored his name and we've caused him sorrow over our rebellion. Let us also realize that he calls us to come to him in repentance and receive his full forgiveness. When we receive his gentleness towards us, we will love him even more. And now, the title of the book Gentle and Lowly, The Heart of Christ for Sinners and Sufferers. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, So much to cover, so much to think about, so much to experience, to understand, Lord, your gentleness. And, and Lord, the more we contemplate it, the prob- hopefully the more you'll, you'll give us wisdom and, and sense from it. Lord, how else could the impotent, mighty God who created the universe by speaking a word How could we we ever approach such a being? Lord, even spaceships that go towards the sun have to have special protection. And Lord, they cannot endure the, the power of the sun. Lord, how do we expect we could endure the gaze of Almighty God without a priest who has given us his righteousness because he is gentle and he doesn't want to see us destroyed. He doesn't want to see us destroyed but he loves us and he cares for us. And through his gentleness, Lord, he receives us. Lord, I pray for each one here today that that might be running on fumes, who might have become distraught over the situation that they find themselves in. or they're tired of being isolated. They're tired of watching the news. They're tired of of all of the problems with the virus. or they're tired of sickness. But Jesus, you are with us and you lift us up. Lord, your word says that your gentleness can even make us great because we are people with royal blood flowing through our veins, Lord, if we belong to you. Lord, we are given a faith that's worth much more than gold. Lord, we have promised inheritance that are beyond the imagination. They're greater than we can think of. Lord, you have made us your people and given us your name. And Lord, you have revealed this truth to us that when you lift the veil that covers your heart and therefore also the heart of the Father, you'd sell us yourself, Lord, that you are gentle, that you are accessible, that you are humble. Lord, I pray that your word would seep within us deeply and we meditate on these, these truths. And Lord, that we would consider we will consider how knowing this should impact our lives. Lord, that we would not become distracted by the, by the cares and the concerns and the thorns and the snares and the traps of this world. Lord, we have to admit that we live in a world filled with snares and thorns and traps. But we have a power, Lord. We have a power of the Holy Spirit who dwells within us to give us grace And to give us strength and endurance that we might run this race until the end. Lord, I pray that you would seal up within us the work of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, that you would anoint each one here with the grace and the truth of Jesus Christ. Of who he is in his heart. And what is his posture towards us? Lord, if we would simply come to you repentant and humble and receive from you. Lord God, I ask that you would make these things so and that you would do a deep work within us. Our Savior, the mighty Jesus who prays for us even now is gentle and lowly in heart. We can come to him. We can come to him But we must leave our pride and our arrogance aside we must come to him and take on his yoke and learn from him we must follow his ways so jesus fit us afresh with your yoke here this morning and let us enter into it willingly and gladly and excitedly and with great delight That we want to be refitted with the yoke of Jesus Christ. Lord, not that the yoke is changed, but change us to fit this yoke. And Lord, let us learn from you. Let us learn of you. And let us believe in you and let us believe you. Especially these days, Lord God. Thank you, God. And Lord, now I pray that you'd stir up within our hearts what I encouraged earlier, a place of thanksgiving. It stir up within us a thanksgiving to give you for your attitude towards us who believe. Is there anyone here that would like to pray out a prayer of thanksgiving or perhaps a prayer of repentance or a prayer of hope to learn of Jesus in this way? Maybe just a brief time of response, of, if anyone would desire to pray.
1: Lord, I want to thank you that you live outside of time and space. Lord, as I was meditating this morning on what's going on in our world around us, and sometimes the fear grips, grips me. And Father, I just realized that, you know, we, at this point in time, just a moment to you and this place that we live is just a speck in the universe that you live outside of and yet you are intimately acquainted with all that is going on father i just thank you that we can trust you lord we can trust you we can trust you with not only the burdens that we each have that we're walking in but we can um, with our families, and our loved ones, and, and those around us. But we can trust you with our nation. We can trust you with um, all the the evil that we see around us. We can trust you, Lord. And, and you are holding all of this in your hands. And so, Lord, I just thank you. I thank you for this message this morning that just reminds me again how much um, we can trust you, Lord. You are gentle, you are lowly, and you bring us into um, that relationship with you. Thank you,
2: Jesus. Thank you. Lord, I thank you that you are gentle and lowly of heart And Lord, um, that you care about your servants, you care about David Casby, who's been in his apartment for many months, Lord, and that you are um, a compassionate God, and Lord, your reach is far, and yet you're also very powerful. Lord, with one word, you can calm the sea. Lord, you are um, a God who is to be feared because of your great power and respected, And Lord, I just thank you, Father, that we can trust in you, like Lisa was saying, and um, that our lives are safe with you, (laughs) Lord, no matter what happens. Lord, and I just thank you, Father, for your ways, Lord, that even in the midst of great turbulence, Lord, you often show up, Lord, in a way that um, we might not recognize in other circumstances. But Lord, I just thank you, Father, that that you use the things around us to show us your glory. And Lord, I just pray, Father, that you would give us eyes to see, or that you would give us discernment, um, Lord, in these days, and that you um, you would walk with us, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your presence here among us, even though we're all in different places. Lord, you are here with us. And Lord, I just thank you for that. I thank you for your word who tells us who you are. And Lord, I just pray, Father, for um, for you to again, just to lead us and guide us as we uh, walk out these strange days. In Jesus' name.
3: Jesus, we just thank you for your wonderful nature and character. And Lord, thank you for the reminder that you are... Uh, gentle <clears throat> and Lord Jesus that you are with us and Father thank you that um, it's possible Lord to have a gentle spirit in the midst of divisiveness and so many things that we see going on around us all the time yes, Lord. so Lord it's only possible through your your grace Lord and as you change our hearts and Lord, I just thank you, <clears throat> and we worship you this morning, Lord. We worship you and thank you that you are with us and that you, your yoke is easy and your burden is light. We thank you, Jesus. You're the anchor of our souls. We thank you, Lord, that in you we have hope. We can be encouraged. We can place our all of our cares into your hands, and we we just thank you, Lord, that we're safe with you. Yes, Lord, we worship you, Jesus. Yes, Lord.
0: Lord, the the unfolding of your word gives us light. And Lord, who are we that you would reveal yourself to us like this? Who are we, Lord, that, that separates us from all of the nations that you would reveal the nature and the character of your heart to us, to those who trust you and believe you? Lord, we see that the gift of faith is critical for the world to receive first before they can ever know you. Lord, without faith, no one knows you like this. They see you as a liar. They see you as the son of the devil. They see you as evil. They see you as is as unable to, to change the world. Lord, you're not unable to prevent sin. Lord, you're unable to, to make a beautiful place for us to live Lord, without faith. That's how everyone sees you. So Lord in your glorious mercy and your Amazing grace, Lord, you have revealed your truth to our hearts and given us faith to believe it. Lord, let us nurture that faith, especially in these days. Let us build upon that faith, Lord, upon that foundation with your word and through practicing of our faith and living out our faith. Lord, through communion with you and and prayer, Lord, especially in these times of isolation, Lord, what better time to learn from you, Lord, from your hand, to sit at your feet, Lord, in the scriptures. Lord, we just, I just pray, Lord, that that the the thoughts that you revealed to us here would carry us through these next several weeks as, as you build upon them, and we really consider what it means. To come to you and and receive your yoke, what does it mean to that your burden is light, yet your yoke is easy, and Lord, that we really understand your gentleness and your accessibility, Lord, I'm sure that we will start seeing this truth pop up in the scriptures all over the place. And we will see, Lord, every time you deal with a person who comes to you in repentance, you are gentle, you are accessible. It doesn't matter whether it was a leper or a Roman centurion, a prostitute, a, a curious but almost a repentant Pharisee, Lord, it doesn't matter as long as we open ourselves up to you. You will open up to us your gentle and lowly heart. So, Father, we we pray that we would continue to give you thanks, but uh, right now, Lord, we just give you all the praise, and we bless your name. And we pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. So, Mary, you want to take us through one more song?
4: I do. Um, this week I got a message from Phoebe and she sent me the story. As, um, some of you may know, a man named Horatio Spafford Mm -hmm. and he had lost everything. He had lost his, um, business. He had lost his home. Those things had burned down. He, Lost his four-year-old son. His four daughters were, uh, they drowned on a trip to Europe. His wife sent him a message that said, saved alone. Uh, Then his business burned down. He didn't have any money. I mean, this man had real problems. And yet, he must have understood the gentle and lowly heart of Jesus. He must have trusted him. Because he penned these words When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, It is well, it is well with my soul. So, whatever we are walking through as the Lord does that work in us today and in the days to come, um, would that we would be able to trust in that kind of way. So, Phoebe, I hope you're still on. We are going to together sing It Is Well With My Soul.
5: When peace, peace like a rain, river. I tend my way.
6: When sorrows like
5: sea river. rivers roll. you <laughs>
4: Somebody wrote that from a place of
6: trust <laughs> a place of trust I think the story um, a little further is talking about I think he was in Chicago and he was planning to go with his family on the trip to England but something came up at the last minute with his business and he couldn't go so he sent the family on ahead and the ship sank And then he got this telegram from England, from his wife saying, saved alone, which means all the children drowned. And so he got on the next ship to go over and the captain of the ship told him when they got to the spot that they were pretty sure was the place where the accident happened. That's, I think that's when he wrote the song. It is all as well with my soul. And um, you can imagine the kind of sorrow that was just running through his life at that moment. But it's just, it's just trust in God. I can remember um, before a lot of you were born, when I, Pat and I were first became Christians when we were saved. Uh, within a, a month or two, I was given a plaque. And um, I can't remember if my mother gave it to me or what, but there there were two verses on it and they're verses that so many of you know very well, but that's the last two verses of Romans 8. And they say, for I am convinced, King James says, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, the Lord. And those are words to hang on to and every time and no matter how difficult things are, uh, just like Bill says, you know, it's the Lord. And um, it, it, without him, everything else is nothing. And with him, everything is. You know, that's all you
7: need. Are you asking me, Mary? Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, um, well, I'm driving to DC now. It's hard. I don't know. There's a lot of details coming my way this this coming week. Um. I guess one of the main highlights I'm looking forward to is meeting with two ladies who are 10 20 years older than I am and that have been part of the fellowship for many many years one even from the very beginning and I am very much looking forward to learning more from their perspective so I can so we all can more into the future and what the future holds for the fellowship so if you all would be able to pray for that that would be really good Uh, (laughs) yeah that's all really okay
8: we will Martha, are these the two that are in disagreement with each other or that don't get along well or something?
7: No, no. Okay. Those are um one I don't really know, but she is like in her eighties and she was part of a fellowship when Dunco took over. So she knows everything from the beginning of the oh, time. Good. And then the other is probably In her 70s, and she ran the prayer breakfast for four years, um, maybe 15 years back. So she knows a lot of in and outs too. And both have the feeling for the spirit and the drive and the vision. And um, I'm, yeah, I'm really hopeful to learn more so I can make myself or, well, so I understand. I think I've grown to the point where I know that I don't have to know everything uh, to move forward and that we might even be in a place where we just need to take day by day knowing that God is with us. But I'd like to still grow like in the knowledge of what it's all about. Just to really keep the direction that God has for cedars and the fellowship for this time that we're in right now
4: and for you and peter
7: yes that would be great um, i will be there for the first two weeks by myself and then peter's gonna join me and um, i think he had some some sort of revelation when he was at the men's retreat which Could be very beneficial to the decision, the ultimate, you know, the final decision we need to make concerning this this new situation with the cedars. But I don't know much about it because we haven't really talked much because I I was with Auntie and it was just too much going on. And then a price report, Auntie is doing really well. I was so, I'm just so pleased to able to see how much she has grown and also in anticipation of sharing life with yet another human being and um and both have really grown personally and also spiritually and i'm just really happy for them and for us all so
0: amen
4: okay well i would like to give a few announcements and then if we could have someone pray for David Caspian India, as Carla asked, and then for Magda and this uh, situation with the um, ministry in Washington and for she and Peter. But um, we have a lot of celebrations this week. And the first one, I'm looking at her face right now. We mentioned it at the beginning, but I don't think everyone was here. Carla Dennis has a birthday today today. So happy birthday, Carla. Thanks everybody. <laughs> and, uh, we are, we're gonna, whoever prays for, for, um, India and David and Magda will also pray for our birthday people. So Carla you will be one of those recipients of prayer. Tomorrow is Preston's birthday. It's, it's a big day. Okay. So Preston's birthday. Merle and Amy Mangum's 23rd anniversary. It's Chris Hartley, Mary Jane's husband, and Aaron is sitting here, Aaron's daddy. It's his birthday. And it would have been mine and Martha's daddy's 109th birthday. (laughs) So he he has been gone a long time, it would have been 109. Woo! Um, Then Wednesday, Is Clara Snead's birthday? I don't know. Is Clara still on? Yes. Are you on? All right. And Clara is everybody. If you could all do this. (laughs) (laughs) Happy birthday, Clara! (laughs) That's great. And then Thursday is Daryl Walden's birthday. And like Carla, he is more than this. All right. So those are the birthdays and we have prayer on Wednesday night. So who would would pray for those um, birthday folks that we love and also the other two um, prayer needs that we had? Who would be willing to pray?
9: Father God, we just thank you and we praise you, Lord. We praise you for um, Clara. Lord, we praise you for Carla and all of the others, birthdays that were mentioned. Father, we pray that you will bless them in this year. Bless them exponentially, Father, with your presence, your peace, and your humility, Father. Lord, we just praise you and thank you for this body of believers, for the message that was shared today, Father, that you are here and we are not alone. And Lord, you're, you're there with David Caspi in the midst of his uh, isolation, Father. So we just pray that you will send hope and encouragement to him, a bright ray of hope for him, Lord Jesus, in the midst of um, solitude and quietness, Father, that you are there in the midst. We praise you and thank you every day, every moment that you walk with us, Father. Lord, we just pray for us to walk humbly before you in Jesus name. Mm -hmm.
4: And father, I want to pray for Magda and Peter, as you're calling them to step out in this new, um, adventure. They don't, they don't know what the end of the adventure looks like, but they do know the next step. And for this meeting that Magda has with these two ladies who have labored and laid their lives down over many years for this ministry to see others um, minister to and drawn closer to you. Lord, we ask you to speak very clearly and to make your will known. Lord, to all of those that are involved in the situation and where there's conflict among leadership, I pray that you would speak the word and Lord, the enemy of conflict would scatter. And, um, And Father, again, that you would use Magda and Peter as vessels of, um, of your life, your light, your gentleness, um, that, that they also would move in that, in, w- it, with your heart, gent- a heart of gentleness and, and lowliness. Lord, they've come there to serve, they've been serving, and I pray that, that you, again, would make your will known and that you would be glorified in them, in that ministry. And Lord, we ask that you continue to be glorified in the ministry that we have at Gateway Christian Fellowship. And I pray that you will, your word will seep deep into our hearts and our minds this afternoon, this week, and in the weeks to come. We pray, Jesus, in your gentle and in your lowly name. Amen. Amen. Okay, I think since we have Clara and Carla and we have prayed, we still need to sing happy birthday, don't we, Clara? <laughs> we need to sing happy birthday to you and Miss Carla. Yeah? Okay, everybody unmute. Yeah, on the count of five. <laughs> or we'll count down five, four. Three,
5: two, one. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday dear Carla. Happy birthday to you.
9: Thank you. Happy birthday, Clara! I love my church family. <laughs> love you. you Happy Labor Day. Labor Day. See you soon, Happy
5: birthday, Clara! That's great. <laughs> oh, love
1: it.
0: Hey, y'all, an an exciting uh, announcement about next Sunday. We have special testimonies being given by um, Jan and Lucy, and I believe Sean's going to share next Sunday. So make sure you you dial in for that, and you can hear their story. It'll be great. So we're looking forward to that, y'all, next Sunday. All right? Am I right?
2: Yes, you're right.
0: Okay, good deal.
2: Yes, you're right. (laughs)
4: yeah it was a good word bill
5: thank you thank
10: you
4: thank
8: you
10: thank you yeah
8: can i share a quick praise report it just i just remembered about it please do so i love going to the farmer's market and i don't really know a lot of the vendors there but i kind of know them and there's this one particular young woman that's often there who is a um, first grade teacher in Johnson County. And so sometimes she's there on the weekends. And I had been asking her how had it gone when they had to go online, and apparently it went terrible. I think she only had a couple of students that even participated. And she said, the families that our schools serve need school in person. It just doesn't work for them. And she was so discouraged when school was getting ready to start back and it was going to be online again. And she was on the verge of resigning from her job. And I just spontaneously said, would it embarrass you if here in the middle of the farmer's market, I prayed for you? She said, (laughs) no, please do. And so I prayed over her and over the school year that she was getting ready to start and that God would just do a miracle with her students. And I happened, she wasn't planning on being back at the farmer's market with school starting, but I happened to see her yesterday and she came over to me when she recognized me and she said, your prayers were answered. She said, I've got the best class and they're all participating and I'm just enjoying it so much. And I'm just, Thrilled with my years so far. And I was just like almost in tears with um the turnaround she had experienced.
0: Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's a good word, Pat. We need we need said, to get you pray. said
8: it was you. And I went, oh no, it was God.
0: Yeah, yeah. Pray pray for your husband that way, okay?
6: <laughs> I have a I feel a message coming on. <laughs>
0: I think you're the Sunday after next Sunday.
6: Yeah. Just going to include you and Randy both.
0: Yeah. Galina, <laughs> how are things in Russia? Anything you can share?
11: I, not really, but it's okay. Just nothing special.
6: What about your passport?
11: Ah, yes. <laughs> I just forget. Yes, it, it's something because um, um, my passport uh, will be expired soon and I decide I'm here. I just can change my passport, but it's a long way to do. It's not easy. <laughs> they ask some papers, they ask some information and thanks God, thank you for praying and they accepted my document and My passport will be ready, I think, (laughs) I hope, uh, in one month. (laughs) Yeah, thank you so much.
8: Will you be there that long,
11: Galena?
8: Yes. Okay, okay. We're sending a big hug. We miss you.
11: (laughs) Thank you. I miss you too. (laughs) Um.
8: (laughs) I miss coming to your home. For prayer meeting, because you're such a wonderful hostess, and you give us Russian tea. Oh,
11: thank you so much. <laughs> I will bring some. <laughs> mm. yeah.
5: And
4: Russian celebration cake. <laughs>
0: Russian Ar- cookies.
4: Yeah, and 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 cookies. Arthur, anemia. Any things that you would like to? Report in regard to your aunt, or in regard
10: to Panama? My my aunt said that she is uh well she's in constant pain because of the I think it's a stage four uh, cancer in the, the bones and you know she's 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 really bad. Uh, But she had three days straight without pain, so thank you for your prayers.
4: How about Panama?
10: Well, we are doing better. The number of people infected every day has decreased significantly uh, from a few weeks ago. uh, From 600 to
5: 800
10: people uh, per day now. Uh, a few weeks ago we had uh, more than 1,000 people every day mm. um, and last week no two weeks ago I think I told you guys that we we now can go out you know for more hours than before and we expect the government to open everything by the 14th so we still stay home I'm still working from home but you know the liberty to go out and and do things without worrying that the police will catch you <laughs> and you will find, we'll be fine, uh, it's stressful sometimes, you know, it's, uh, but yeah, I think we are, we are doing better.
6: Good, good. It's good to hear. And Magda, you're gonna have a grandson.
7: I will, yes.
6: What, what's so, the due date?
7: November 14th. But yep. Be
6: That's great.
7: great. Very excited. Did
4: you say November,
7: Magda? Yes. And he's right on target with his weight, even though Auntie has diabetes. So we're hoping that she can deliver him naturally and also that he will wait until the due date. That's good.
2: Miracle baby. I'm very excited for her. Please send a hug to her for me. <laughs> I,
7: will. I will. Thank you. Are you guys back, actually, from your trip, or are you still in Oregon? Yeah, we're back. We're back. I saw the pictures of the baby. Your your baby. <laughs> yeah, Grandma.
2: So cute. Mm. We had a wonderful trip. Thanks. Yeah. And Eugenia, it's good
4: to see you this morning. Eugenia let me know that they've been doing activities, different ones in the Sunday school box. (laughs) So that's pretty exciting. We delivered the new boxes this week. And um, so we'll see what happens in the days and weeks to come with Sunday school. Thank you. (laughs) Happy
0: birthday, Carla. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. We'll talk again. Bye, everybody.
1: Bye. Bye bye. Have a wonderful weekend. Bye-bye. Bye
8: bye.
7: Bye. Bye.
1: <laughs>
7: bye.
8: Bye. Bye.